0: If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the parity flex annuity designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex start saving now at gainbridge.io visit gainbridge.io slash parity flex for current rates full product disclosures and disclaimers and other important
2: information this message comes from viking
0: You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America. With your host Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to Battleground Live. Thank you all for being in the trenches. This is a show where we push back against fake news and fight back against the lies of the radical left. And I have to tell you, this is the fo- this is the fourth week. So we've been doing this show for a month and we've watched it grow like gangbusters. From some from something small uh, to something a little bit larger, and the ranks are growing and, and swelling, and I'm super excited about it. You know, I was laughing with Brock before we started the show today. Is that like? I do this show. We have five kids in this house. I've got two cats and a dog. The dog chases the cats. The kids chase each other. Commander Melanie is 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 up there wrangling everybody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I mean, I do this show in my basement. So I'm like down here, um, hidden away so that that, that, that they, they don't interrupt the show. Even, even if they did, it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it can get a little chaotic around here. And I talk about uh, Melanie gets a little frustrated with me sometimes because I, I my studio is right next to the cat's litter box. Like, and she's thinking that people are going to think the house is in disarray. It's not, it's very clean because of her. She is, she is amazing. Uh, and I help out and the kids help out and they all have their chores and, and, and their duties and responsibilities. So we, we live in a clean house. I just want to make you all aware of that. Um, but there has been this like fruit fly in my little makeshift studio. There's, it's just one fly. This is like the Rambo of, of fruit flies. It's a liberal fruit fly that illegally immigrated into my basement. And it sometimes will fly around in front of me when I'm doing the live show. And I'm always like, trying to trying to grab it when I go to video. Or it's like, it's like the fly that plagued Mike Pence during the debates. Do you remember that? Landed on his head and wouldn't move. I remember when Melanie and I were watching that, we thought like, oh my God, he's got a fly on his head. Just do this, do this, get it off of your head. It never left. The fly just stayed there. Uh, that's how I feel with this fruit fly. I can't catch it no matter what I do. And I know I'm frustrating Brock, but it's true. These are the, these are the things that you suffer with and struggle with when you do a live show and you're still a noob like me. Um, but I'm really excited for the show today. It's Friday. We're going to have a little bit of fun and I'm going to move through these stories quickly because so much gets left on the cutting room floor uh, when we do this show. Um, But first, again, let me thank Deepwell. Deepwell is the founding sponsor of this program. They're an amazing oil and gas company with locations all across the country. Uh, they, They believe in this country. They believe in American exceptionalism. They're a Patriot-owned company. I know the executives there. They treat you like family. They're hiring right now. Go to their website, deepwellservices.com. If you're looking for a job, uh, they are truly the best. And again, I say this every single show. You can make six figures there real, real quick. And so in these tough economic times that we're in right now, you know, people are losing their jobs left and right. And, and Deepwell, they're one of these companies that's just hiring like gangbusters and growing like crazy. But thank you to Deepwell for sponsoring this show. Um, been with us since the very beginning, and we are so, so grateful for that. Um, Okay, the title of this show, The Weaponization of the American Justice System, continues. But before we get to that, the 2024 Democrat field is taking shape. And I want to lead in here with a video of Robert Kennedy Jr. uh, talking about how the Democrats rig primaries. And here's the thing that I want you all to keep in mind no one talks about this okay but this is what we do here we talk about the things that no one else is talking about uh, talking about because it's not it's not what the media is talking about that that's that's necessarily important it's what they don't cover that that's that's really truly important this is one of those things that that there's really no coverage to that the fact that the democrats rig their own elections a- and they rig their own primaries through a super delegate system that is monumentally unfair to anyone who's not their chosen candidate. Just ask Bernie Sanders twice how they rigged the election against him. Well they're doing the same thing to RFK, except there's something in this video that I, I want you to pay attention to. It's a very brief video of, a, of an interview he did yesterday. Um, but listen to this video and we'll discuss after check this out.
3: If the decision holds um, for the current, you know, uh, sort of primary structure with the DNC, what is the best? What is the route to victory for you against President Biden? Oh,
4: you know, if
3: the
4: if the if the DNC is going to make it's going to rig it so that it is simply impossible for anybody to
0: challenge uh, President Biden, then, you know, I need to look at other alternatives. Do you hear that? If they're going to rig it so that nobody can run against Biden. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. You've got independents out there that maybe wonder, hey, maybe they're wondering about 2020. Maybe they're wondering about 2022. Maybe what happened to Maricopa County in Arizona. If Democrats are witty, ready, willing and able. And for the last three cycles at the presidential level have rigged their own primaries what do you think they'd be willing to do in a general election in heavily Democrat areas? You will be labeled a conspiracy theorist by the media for saying that elections are rigged, but you just heard a Democrat say that, yes, in fact, the Democrats are rigging the presidential race against him. And if they're can, if they rigging their own races, you'd be sh- sure as hell they would be willing to rig a general election, as, especially in heavily Democrat areas. But here's the next thing. He said that he's going to have to look at other alternatives. That means to me, like he's considering a third party run. Now, this would be earth shattering because I believe that Robert Kennedy Jr. will siphon millions upon millions of votes away from Joe Biden. In fact, there are some experts believe that, ha- that Robert Kennedy Jr. will get 30 to 35 percent of the vote. In the Democrat primary. That is significant. Let me tell you what this means in a state like Pennsylvania, especially given how I just told you that Democrats like to rig elections. A third-party candidate that siphons votes away from the Democrat will be devastating and it will make it far, far more difficult for them to cheat. I mean, because you're going to have the Democrat Party, if you've got an independent who is a Democrat, but running as an independent, splitting the Democrat vote, I'm telling you, makes it a hell of a lot more difficult for them to cheat, especially in those heavily Democrat areas. Let me tell you why this matters in a state like Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, Yes, you might not be from Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania matters to you because if Republicans win the state of Pennsylvania, they win the presidency. Period. End of story. So. The, the, Pennsylvania is monumentally important uh, in the 2024 race. Well, in Pennsylvania, there are blue collar Reagan Democrats, primarily union Democrats that are pro life, pro gun, that are in lockstep with Robert Kennedy Jr. There are hundreds of thousands of them in this state that are sick and tired of business as usual. They're sick and tired of Joe Biden because, again, Remember when I tell you, this ain't your grandfather's Democrat Party. My grandfather was a lifelong Democrat. I mean, we could not walk him back from the cliff voting for, voting for Bill Clinton. And th- my grandfather was in a couple unions. He was one of the best people that I knew. Uh, he's from Italy. Uh, but he just believed that the Democrats were the working man's party. He believed that Democrats were the party of the little guy. But here's the deal. The Democrat Party and the Republican Party – have totally switched. You know, it used to be that Republicans were the, the corporate party, the, the party of big business and corporate taxes. The reality is the Republican Party today is the party of the American working man and woman. The Democrat Party is the party of large donors. They're the party of big tech. They're the party of Hollywood celebrities. They're the party of uh, ivory tower, uh, over educated mouth breathers in academia. Um, they're the party of the elite. Today, and and these blue collar, these blue dog Democrats, so these Reagan Democrats, they don't identify with the the new Democratic Party as it stands today. And these people are going to break for RFK. So if he decides, if the DNC doesn't come to heel, and the DNC, you know, because he goes on to say in that interview is that well, he doesn't want to make any decisions now about whether or not he pursues an alternative course of action to can to continue. His run for president, because Robert Kennedy Jr. believes that he has an obligation to his donors and to his supporters to figure out a way to run. They've invested in him. They're working for him. They believe in him. And he wants to make sure that they have a voice in the 2024 race. So he, he, he went on to say that he's going to wait to make a final decision because he wants to see how the Democrat National Committee will react to him saying, listen, I don't want you rigging this race for Joe Biden. Give me an opportunity to be on that debate stage. Give me an opportunity to go to Iowa and, and earn delegates to vote for me. Now, screw the superdelegate system. Like he, Robert Kennedy Jr. wants the opportunity to run as a Democrat. But if they don't, he's going to run as an independent. And that will spell doom for an already floundering Joe Biden, who, as I told you yesterday, in a CNN poll that came out just yesterday, 61% say Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's business dealings. Another 42% say Biden was engaged in illegal activity, 39% approval rating, which is worse than any president in modern American history except Jimmy Carter. And you'll remember that Jimmy Carter did not win, re-ele- win, win reelected. only 74% approval rating amongst Democrats. So what does that tell you? That there's a hard 26% of Democrats already be willing to pull the lever for a guy like Robert Kennedy Jr. And let's not forget that Kennedy has the Kennedy name. So there could be a lot of Democrats that just vote for him for that. 67% of Democrats want a different candidate, 67%. So this is, this is, this is significant. This is a five alarm fire for the Democrat national committee. And I mean that. And this is I'll give you an example of, of how this stuff matters. Um, who's on the ballot in Pennsylvania in 2020, President Trump lost. And again, please bear with me. I use that term loosely because, yes, I believe that they rigged that election. If you're a lib that's watching this show. Call it fortified. Use whatever damn language that you want. I say fortified because they use that exact term in a Time Magazine article that came out four months after the election because they couldn't wait to brag how they rigged it and stole it. Um, so, yes, I use the term lost loosely. But President Trump lost the state of Pennsylvania by approximately 80,000 votes, um, 80,000 votes in 2020. That's with all the election shenanigans that took place. That is a razor, razor, razor thin margin in this state, I'm telling you. Um, But the Democrats, so this is how they do this, okay? They rig it on a bunch of different levels. But in areas that they control power, they are relentless about changing election law or tampering with the ballot. To get the result that they want. Now, you're seeing this play out in real time with this, you know, hey, these Democrat secretaries of state in Arizona, in Michigan, perhaps in Nevada, in Georgia. Um, You're even talking in Pennsylvania about removing Trump from the ballot. This is what I mean about they go to war on multiple fronts to make sure that they retain political power. But in 2020, this is a story that's not often talked about enough Okay, but you all need to know it. You have to have this in your quiver when you're debating mouth breathers on these subjects. The the Democrat Party, along with the Democrat controlled Pennsylvania Supreme Court, worked overtime to get the Green Party off the ballot at the top of the ticket while simultaneously leaving the Libertarian candidate on the top of the ticket. Now, ask yourself why they would do that. Now, they left the Green Party candidate on all other ballots, okay? But they took the Green Party candidate. They challenged signatures or made some like some, some bogus move about like the system to try to remove him, okay? But why would they do that? They did it because they knew the Libertarian candidate would siphon votes away from Donald Trump, okay? They also knew that historically, Green Party candidates would siphon votes away from Joe Biden who is the Democrat nominee at the time. By removing the Green Party candidate from the ballot and keeping the Libertarian candidate on the ballot, they effectively siphoned votes away from Donald Trump and siphoned votes to Joe Biden. How many votes did the Libertarian candidate get in 2020? Approximately 79,000 votes. What was the margin in Pennsylvania? 80-some thousand votes, approximately. When people tell you that Donald Trump cannot win. They are full of it. Do not listen to them. Immediately write them off. This show, this isn't about, like, I, you all know where I come down. I support Donald Trump, period, end of story, okay? But if you're watching this show, hey, it's a primary. I respect that you could support whoever the heck you want. I respect that. You're all welcome here. But my point is, this narrative that he can't win is nonsense because the people who are making these arguments that he can't win are folks who are inside the beltway completely removed from reality. they're mouth breather consultants that make seven figures a year that you know have season tickets to their football nothing against that I wish I could have that. I can't afford that because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a normal middle class guy. But my point is these people are making seven figures a year. they're wholly removed from the middle class. they're wholly re- removed from from reality. And these are the people, people like you, people like me, we're the folks that decide these elections. But none of these people who are spreading the rumor about Donald Trump's inability to win, they can't tell you the facts like I just told you. And now you have them. This show is about data and it's about facts. But so do you see how? You see how now? (laughs) That rhymed. You see how now? You see how now. But do you see how tampering with a ballot can have profound implications on the end result of an election? Right. So if Robert, can I say all of this to say, if Robert Kennedy runs as a third party, devastating to Joe Biden, absolutely devastating in every sense of the word. I I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but they're going to, you know, I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. They're going to fight to kick Robert Kennedy Jr. off the ballots in critical swing states as well. Bookmark this moment. You watch if he runs as an independent, they're going to do everything to make sure he's not on the ballot. So we'll come back to this when the time comes, but bookmark this moment. All right. Moving right along again, 2024 field is taking shape. Remember what I told you about how my sources inside the White House, people who work closely with the regime, have said that if Biden decides to get out, it's he's thinking right now, he's trying to make a personal decision about whether or not he's gonna stay in this race for 2024. If he decides to get out, it will be a decision made at the last possible moment so that other opponents cannot react give them minimal amount of time fundraising, and so that Kamala can step in to his campaign infrastructure as the heir apparent, which is great. Please allow her to step into that infrastructure somehow, some way. She'd be less popular than Hillary Clinton. But you put that cackle at the top of the ticket and, and her out there, like her word salad nonsense at the top of the ticket It's going to be an historic landslide for Republicans. And this is another reason why you should discard all of these people saying that Donald Trump can't win. These people can't possibly know what the future looks like. So saying that he can't win now without knowing whether or not Biden's even at the top of the ticket, you see how that's folly, how that argument just simply doesn't work. It's not logical at all. So look, look at the numbers, look at the facts, tune into the show. I'll make sure that you have them. But check out this video of, of Gavin Newsom. Just happened today. Very few people were talking about it, but check this out. You'll love this. Filing deadlines haven't passed. President Biden doesn't run. Why shouldn't we consider you a likely? Well, I think the vice president is naturally one lined up and the filing deadlines are quickly coming to pass. And I think we need to move past this notion that he's not going to run. President Biden is going to run uh, and looking forward to getting him reelected. Uh, I think there's been so much wallowing uh, in the last few months and hamringing in this respect. Uh, but we're gearing up for the campaign. We're looking forward to it. I, I and, under, you know, but you hear these calls privately. What do you tell these donors who are wallowing in this? Uh, time to move on. Let's go. And am I supposed to interpret that comment about the vice president that if for some reason the president chose not to run at this point, well, that's the natural, everybody rallies that's around that's her? And it's the Biden Harris administration. That's a maybe, a you respect that. yeah, maybe you I'm respect a little old fashioned. Maybe I'm a little maybe I'm a little old-fashioned about well, president's advice, I was a lieutenant governor, so I'm a little subjective. I uh, see. Yeah, this is what my kids call. This is what my kids say is a dab. You see this right here. I told you, I told you the, the Biden administration uh, is just waiting so long. He's not going to give these people time to make a decision with the filing deadline fast approaching. You see, Candidates have to file and declare that they're running. They have to hire people in states. They have to hire staff. They have to start fundraising. They have to set up PACs. They have to get signatures. I mean, and there's a structure to all of this. You see how Biden is timing them out to make Kamala, cackling Kamala, the heir apparent. You watch. It's going to happen. Also, may I point out that Gavin Newsom, very shrewd politically. Okay. I watch that guy makes my skin crawl. But I respect the game when I see it. He very, very shrewd political move. It's actually what he's doing now is what Ron DeSantis should have done. You see my point? Gavin Newsom is is Machiavellian in this way, in that he will say, "Hey, look, you know, Republican say Republicans win or Biden's on the ticket, I'm still governor of California. Come 2028 when Biden's out of office." Like Trump is probably not going to run in twenty twenty eight. He's going to have to run against DeSantis, by the way, who's really, really, really hurt his legacy. I don't care what anyone says. Americans. (sighs) Loyalty is a thing. And again, the the way that the media talks about loyalty to Trump is if Trump is some sort of mob boss. I don't mean it like that. But and and then the way that I talk about this was with people is that if you are a lawyer at a firm and your executives at that firm, half of the executives there want to fire you and the CEO comes in and takes a risk and says, "Nope, listen, not only are we keeping you young man to the executives that have questions, we're keeping him. I'm putting my foot down because this is how it goes and this is this is what i say and so so you get to stay because someone took a risk on you and then 2 years later that very same person that was blessed to stay at the company turns around and tries to depose the ceo that's like ultimate backstabbing BS. Nobody likes that stuff here in this country. And Ron DeSantis had an opportunity to make himself the heir apparent in 2028, but because he said stuff about how they're, you know, the, the MAGA base. Now he says it was taken out of context. Okay. And I do think that Ron DeSantis was a good, a good governor of Florida. Um, but here's, here's what I'm telling you. He hurt himself with the base as someone who's disloyal as, as feeling like a little bit of a snake in the grass, um, calling the base listless vessels almost similar to what Hillary Clinton did and calling people, calling the base of the Republican Party deplorables or what Barack Obama did and calling us all bitter clingers, people who cling to their guns and Bibles. By the way, you're damn right. That's exactly what we do. Uh, thank you for saying that. Thank you for the compliment. But my point is, Gavin Newsom isn't doing any of that. Gavin Newsom is playing the long game, and he's watching DeSantis destroy himself, he knows that Trump likely won't be able to run in 2028. And who will be left to to run against Gavin Newsom? Now, of course, the Republican Party. I, I feel like our party has a deep bench at the top. I feel like. The Democrat Party is the party of mouth breathers in addition to being the party of elite. They're just all incredibly, incredibly stupid people, which is why they believe in cancel culture so much. They can't win on the merits. They have to cancel you. They have to slander you. They have to assassinate your character. They have to attack you, quiet you, shut you down because they're all just (laughs) they're all just complete morons. I mean, I'm sorry. They're all just complete mouth breathers. So I like our chances in twenty twenty eight. But Gavin Newsom. Keep an eye on him because that was a shrewd political move. Just saying to Joe Biden, you know, look, I was a lieutenant governor. I ran for governor. I became governor. Kamala Harris is is vice president. She it's it's her turn, right? It's it's her turn showing deference to the office. You might see him in the next couple of years get get picked for a cabinet position, secretary of state, something something like that, that positions him beautifully to run in twenty twenty eight. But just pay attention to the difference between how. Governor DeSantis handled the politics behind running for president in 2024 and how Gavin Newsom did, because very, very different. DeSantis should have done what Gavin Newsom did right there. And I think that's going to haunt him for a long time. Um, Another story that broke. uh, There's a story in the New York Post that the Georgia special grand jury Fannie Willis um, recommended charges for three senators, sitting senators. So for whatever reason, Fannie Willis didn't didn't charge or indict these people, but Lindsey Graham, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. Um, And he, she also, uh, the grand jury, again, grand juries are nothing. They, They will literally indict a Republican ham sandwich. I mean, and you saw the video we've shown the video of, of the foremost person on the grand jury in Georgia. She is an unhinged crazy woman. I mean, so like, Just saying, like, take all of the grand jury recommendations with a complete grain of salt. But they also said that they were going to indict Mike Flynn, that they were going to indict Boris Epstein, that they were going to indict Lynn Wood. uh, And, uh, you know, again, three sitting senators at the time. I mean, that this kind of stuff is crazy. The fact that 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 the system is being weaponized in the way that it is and you see the true intent of these people in their heart of hearts. When you look at this report and see that they're just trying to indict basically everybody who is around questioning the 2020 election. Lindsey Graham um, reacted to this recently. And and while I disagree with him on a great many things, I agree with him on this. Uh, Roll the tape.
4: This is troubling for the country. We can't criminalize senators doing their job when they have a constitutional requirement. To fulfill it would be irresponsible for me in my opinion as chairman of the committee not to try to find out what happened we're opening up pandora's box here
0: okay trump saw it and he reacted and again we're bringing this to you probably before anybody else you know um, trump says the georgia grand jury report has just been released it has zero credibility and badly taints fanny willis and this whole political political witch hunt. Essentially, they wanted to indict anybody who happened to be breathing at the time. He's 100% correct. It totally undermines the credibility of the findings and badly hurts the the great state of Georgia, whose wonderful and patriotic people are not happy with the charade of an out-of-control prosecutor doing the work of and for the DOJ, And all-caps election interference in true Trump fashion in all caps. But he's exactly right, folks. This is dangerous. And so is so is Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is a sitting United States senator that was calling the the Georgia secretary of state trying to figure out what the hell happened, because everybody knew, including people like Lindsey Graham, that that they 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 rigged the 2020 election. And you saw what they did. Uh, Tucker Carlson did an entire segment on what they did and specifically Fulton County. So it's interesting that all of these charges are being leveled in Fulton County because Fulton County had some of the most egregious election offenses as well. And if you go back and just Google Tucker Carlson, you can watch this whole open on it where he, he proves that ballots, there are piles and piles of ballots that were in stacks just like this mail-in ballots with no folds in them with the exact same marks on them some of which just had joe biden marked and nobody else down ballots so very very suspicious stuff going on but Lindsey Graham is a sitting U.S. senator, and the like a ranking member on a committee in the United States Senate has a duty, an obligation, a constitutional obligation to look into this stuff. And here, Fannie Willis, this rogue Soros-funded prosecutor, is trying to process, is trying to indict a sitting U.S. senator for simply doing his duty. Do you have any idea how dangerous this is? We are going down. A, I say it every show, but we are going down a path that we are not going to be able to return from america is in a very 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 dark place and that's why we simply cannot afford for people to tune out and that's why i'm doing this show and building this movement of which you're a part because we have to fight back we've got to draw a line in the sand and say nope this this doesn't work for me we're not going to allow this to happen speaking of the system weaponizing Uh, our justice system against political opponents. Peter Navarro was just found guilty uh, of the crime of contempt of Congress for not complying with a subpoena from the House Select Committee investigating January 6th. Now, he didn't comply with that subpoena of the January 6th Committee. One, because it was a political sham committee. You had two Republicans appointed, but not appointed, selected by then Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. We're talking about Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. So Republicans had no say about who they were going to put on that committee. Nancy Pelosi hand hand them. Now, this is a violation of historical norms. Typically, Republicans get a say of who they're going to appoint on a committee. They were not given this courtesy for the January 6th committee. So Peter Navarro said, no, this is political BS and I'm not going to I'm not going to be a part of this sham political witch hunt this kangaroo court that would make Stalinist Russia jealous. And so he also believed that he was protected by separation of powers by executive privilege. Peter Navarro was a federal employee in the White House and com- you know he claiming executive privilege that the things that he talked about with the president were privileged information and therefore protected which I think is a strong legal argument. But I want you to see Uh, Listen to Peter Navarro's response after he was found guilty of contempt of Congress. And I'm going to break down for you exactly why this is unprecedented in our history. Go ahead and roll the tape. I have to lay this out for you. I was not tried for contempt of Congress today.
4: That's not what the trial was about. If any of you sat in the trial, you saw the opening argument. You saw the opening argument. Of John Crabb, the attorney for the prosecution He didn't argue he, spent, he didn't argue the case on contempt He said That I was responsible for the J6 in, 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 Insurrection Which is totally Totally yeah. Without fact he it. Without fact Without fact And he did it in his clothes The judge Called him on it But it still stood I am not here convicted because of contempt of Congress. I'm here because of association with J Six. That's just wrong. That will come along. That's later. just wrong. You will be and, and 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 the issue here, stepping back again. It's not about J six. It's about the constitutional separation of powers. Between the legislative and the executive branch, the Department of Justice itself says you can't do what the legislative branch has done to me. Yet they were the ones
0: prosecuted. That's just wrong. Absolutely right. He's 100 percent right. Peter Navarro's team says that they're going to appeal and they should. Uh, But this is unprecedented uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I want you to realize that Peter Navarro used to be a Democrat. He's now a Republican. You know who else used to be a Democrat? Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is now a Republican. Both of those two men are now aligned with President Trump. And both of those two men are being charged with crimes for contempt of Congress. Former Democrats, now Republicans. They are being charged for one reason and one reason only. For their association and support of President Trump. Period full stop. Now, I want you to take a trip back in memory lane and think back to 2014, okay? House Republicans were investigating whether the Internal Revenue Service was placing higher scrutiny on conservative organizations than liberal ones, applying for tax-exempt status. Lois Lerner, then IRS director for the exempt organizations division ignored a congressional subpoena to testify. The contempt resolution passed 231 to 187, with only six Democrats even voting for it. So she was never criminally charged. So, so the article goes on to say, while many folks hoped that that would result uh, would be the filing of criminal charges, history wasn't on their side. The U.S. Attorney's Office hasn't pursued criminal ch- contempt charges since 1983 unprecedented. So here's Lois Lerner. She refused to comply with a congressional subpoena for her where she was a part of the IRS, where she was 100% weaponizing the IRS to target conservative organizations. She defied a a subpoena of Congress. She was actually subpoenaed twice, defied both of them, issued a statement saying that she wasn't going to partake. The House voted to have her in contempt. And because Barack Obama was president, she was never criminally charged, and the controversy just sort of went away. You remember that? Oh, here's let me read you this. So, uh, the U.S. attorney, U.S. attorney at the time, Donald M- Donald Mack- Mackin Jr., citing the co- citing the constitution. So, this is the U.S. attorney who declined to prosecute Lois Lerner. This is what he said. We were to to the House of Representatives about why he was not going to pursue criminal charges. Now, again, Peter Navarro, Steve Bannon, they were not given this courtesy. But they have the wrong political views. Lois is a Democrat. See the two-tiered system of justice working here. Um, we, and this is this is what uh, the U.S. Attorney said. We respectfully inform you that we will therefore not bring the congressional contempt citation before a grand jury or take any other action to prosecute Miss Lerner for her refusal to testify. <laughs> Two different standards—one for Republicans and another for Democrats—and more, more, even more than that one for Republicans and Democrats, one for the Uniparty, and one for Trump supporters. Trump supporters, you know, nobody that supports Trump is entitled to due process of the law or any sort of justice. You're seeing how this works now? Now, how about this? Two years prior, House Republicans held then then Attorney General Eric Holder in contempt for failing to turn over documents related to Operation Fast and Furious investigation. That vote was 255 to 67 for contempt. This, this time, 17 Democrats voted for it while 65 Democrats voted no and 100 Democrat, 108 Democrats walked out in protest. Holder defied a congressional subpoena to furnish documents about Fast and Furious program attempt to trace gun trafficking along the Southwest border that went awry. So again, Eric Holder was held in contempt. But here's what happened with this. Eric Holder was the attorney general. Eric Holder was in charge of the Department of Justice. And Eric Holder declined to indict himself. Did you hear that? Eric Holder declined to pursue charges against himself. He resigned in 2015 and the controversy faded. Do you see how Democrats manipulate the system it's like one big self licking ice cream cone with these morons, these mouth breathers that, that infiltrate, manipulate the system, hold, like their party is never held accountable, but Republicans, when they question things, they're, they're held criminally liable, will go to prison for, for violating a congressional subpoena. The weaponization of the Department of Justice and the American justice system to go after political opponents is real. To, to to So criminal prosecution for defying a congressional subpoena was unheard of until now because Peter Navarro, Steve Bannon, Trump supporters. Can't make this stuff up, folks. Um, so we talked about The View on Wednesday this week, and I now have just been watching them. And I I honestly think that it, you know, my personal version of hell would be a seat at that table having to listen to these crazy women talk, talk. I mean, they are so in another universe with me. This is just so detached from reality uh, that it's mind boggling, but I got to run through these clips with you because, Oh, the irony, it's just too good. Um, the first video of the view, um, They're talking about their opinions on illegal immigration, the border and drug trafficking. Watch this and try not to stroke out.
3: We do need to secure the border. And by the way, I disagree that it's building the wall. The cartels will go under it. They'll go over it. It's also we're not a country of walls, Um, but we do need to secure it. There needs to be a process. Fentanyl comes across the border. That's killing tens of millions of Americans. This is something that's different, though. Don't don't, I don't think you should put those together? Oh, I think so, because we have a porous border where you can get in through many parts of you know thousands of miles of unsecured border. It sort of demonizes migrants who are coming here. Well, no, the, the vast majority of fentanyl that gets in this country comes through the southern border it's not coming from from migrants or from asylees it's coming jobs. correct it's coming from drug cartels who exploit our broken system to get fentanyl into the country
0: Uh oh my god so much right there so much I can't even handle it we're not a country of walls okay you know what can we please dispel with these catchphrasey b these phrases this BS like We have to defend freedom there to protect us here. This BS has been pushed on the American people for the last 20 years, supporting the wars in Iraq, uh, supporting the war in Afghanistan. uh, 14 days to slow the spread. Like uh, we're all in this together. None of these phrases mean anything. They're all stock platitudes. We're not a nation of walls. Okay, excuse me. Walls do work. yes. They might climb over them. Yes, they might burrow underneath them, but a wall is a protective barrier. It will act as a deterrent. People will think twice. Will it make make access into this country through our southern border more difficult? Yes. Will it make the Border Patrol's job on the southern border easier? Yes. Will it provide some sort of structure Access and entry points at certain places along that physical barrier. Will it give more structure to the process of seeking asylum in this country and make it therefore safer for people who are doing it? Yes. Never mind the fact that no one ever talks about, and you should use this argument against your lefty friends who just want open borders. No one talks about the fact that this country is the most generous country on the face of the planet. We let in millions of legal immigrants a year. But what the left likes to do is conflate illegal immigration with legal immigration. And I have a real problem with someone's first act gaining access into this country. With They shouldn't break a law. It's their first act in this country should not be breaking the law. Because if we if we break the law, there are consequences. You know, you're either charged with a misdemeanor, you end up in jail. You cheat the system, the IR- you cheat on your taxes, the IRS comes after you. But these people, when they come across the border, it's not about not wanting them here. It's just come the right way. And so this idea of we're not a nation of walls makes me sick to my stomach. You know what else a wall would stop? It would at least make it challenging on these drug cartels and in, in, in how they send fentanyl across our southern border. The fentanyl's manufactured in China. The Chinese Communist Party or, or uh, Chinese mafia they partner with the drug cartels the drug cartels smuggle fentanyl across our border fentanyl is the number one cause of death in this country throw the word Kensington Philadelphia into your search engine right now and look at videos on the streets right now of fentanyl and uh, of fentanyl plaguing our communities and you'll see it Kensington Philadelphia is overrun with fentanyl Fentanyl is so addictive and so deadly. You'll see it like Kensington is, is basically like like the walking dead people that look like zombies that are high on fentanyl and these other drugs that are all smuggled across our southern border. And now the drug cartels in partnership with our enemy, the Chinese Communist Party, are manufacturing fentanyl to look like little Pez candies. They're deliberately targeting our children and they're exploiting our wide open southern border to do it. So for Joy Behar to say, I oh, know we can't we can't talk about that in the same vein as the border because you're demonizing migrants. Go to hell. That is bullshit. Tell that to a family who lost their child to a drug overdose from fentanyl made possible by our wide open southern border sent from the Chinese Communist Party. Border wide open, courtesy of Democrats, made possible by race hustlers like Joy Behar. This has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with protecting American citizens and putting the people of this country first. Coming to this country is a privilege we you're welcome here you can seek asylum here do it the right way do it the legal way not only is is that just the right thing to do but coming here illegally is profoundly unfair to all the immigrants who come here legally and i talk to them often i'm telling you right now it pisses them off they look at what's happening at our southern border and say wait a second i had to come here and pay fees and pay taxes and do things that were, wait a couple years and these people just get to come in it's not right and it needs to stop. But the view didn't stop with this simple conversation about fentanyl and illegal immigration. Um, they went on. So, so check out what they say, because yesterday we talked about uh, uh, New York mayor. Eric Adams talking about how they're getting 10,000 migrants a month from Texas and these migrants, they're from all over the world and they are destroying this city because we can't house them. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the, the, the support system for them here. Now, keep in mind, New York City is like they have a hell of a lot more resources than many of these southern border towns. But listening to uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams yesterday, he could have been President Trump. Yet you don't hear anyone calling him a xenophobic racist because he's a Democrat and he's held to a different standard. But this is what this is how the view thinks that we should deal with the migrant crisis. And I use the term loosely in New York City. Roll the tape.
3: But frankly, you know, I think we need to find and, and we've dealt with this before. I, I lived in uh, in Miami. I was a migrant, an immigrant in Miami in the 80s. You will remember when we had the Mariel boat lift, yes. 125,000 Cubans yeah. came in a matter of six months. It puts tremendous stress on, on, on a city, on a community, on the social services. They need to be resettled elsewhere. They need, right. to, they need spread spread to be out. We're this spread, massive yeah. country. Well, yeah, and it's for, only going to get worse with global warming and climate change because people can't
0: live in certain parts of this world. Ugh, it's only going to get worse with climate change. Oh, my God, Jor Behar, please shut up. You're, my IQ is literally diminishing in real time having to listen to you. Ah, okay, so first of all, what does this tell you? They are okay with illegal immigrants coming into this country and migrants streaming into this country by the millions. As long as those migrants aren't in proximity to their gated communities, send them out of New York to other places. I, we want them here. We just don't want to see them. <laughs> like, they literally, us literally what they just said. This is these liberal elites are. Oh, they're just the scourge of America. They have they have no just absolutely zero understanding of how America works. They they have zero understanding of what securing our border even means. You have Joy Behar on there blathering around about climate change and how they can't live in places because it's too hot. Give me a break. How are they? Do you remember what I tell you about giving very very stupid people? huge platforms to reach millions of people. Sometimes the stupid is contagious. (laughs) That's to to me precisely what the view does. But here's the last view clip. Now, again, in the event that your eye, I don't know Hopefully if you're having a drink while you're watching this program, like, Having a drink has allowed you to react, so your blood pressure's not going up. Watching these five mouth breathers on The View, uh, hopefully it's not making you stupid because you're just able to chill a little bit, Um, but I've got one more clip, so just bear with me here of The View, and the ultimate irony takes place in this clip, and I'll explain why after you watch it. Roll it.
3: So, if you've been watching the news, you know that there is this murderer on the loose. Have you seen the, the yeah. pictures? Oh. I mean, he escaped from the Chester County prison on August 31st. He scaled a wall. They show the pictures. It's more than scaled a wall. I mean, and the you way he that did that it, that. too, was right, did out of, it was right out of a Stephen King novel, you know, the way he did it. The Shawshank It's um, like he redemption. practiced that. Yeah anyway um, if I I get put in jail I'm gonna die there because the possibilities of me being able to climb out okay so wait a minute the core strength that requires let me tell you about him his name is Danello Cavalcante a 34 year old from Brazil was convicted of first-degree murder last month killing (coughs) his former girlfriend he gave her 40 uh, stabbings Uh, he's also wanted in a 2017 homicide case in Brazil suffice it to say He's dangerous and yeah. also he went into somebody's house and got food so they oh, think food, yeah, yeah he stole and food. so now he's on the loose and they don't the police are looking for him so my question for the purposes of this conversation is what would you do if you lived in that neighborhood and you knew that guy was on the loose? Would you stay in the house? Would you go out? What would you do? He, to find he's me? five feet tall. Yeah, he's short. And I'm about five, six, five, they seven. Laugh, I feel and like he... maybe with my Muay Thai classes and stuff, I could maybe take him. No, no. no. But, but then I'm no. thinking I probably would just lock myself down, yeah. especially if my son and my husband who are big people weren't with me yeah. and I would kind of do
0: like a pandemic redo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What they fail to tell you about this guy is that this escaped convict who who's so bad, he stabbed his girlfriend 40 times, which is horrific, right? Terrible. No one wants escaped convicts on the loose. But what they fail to tell you after just lowering your IQ as they talk about illegal immigration is that this person, this convict who escaped this murderer is an illegal immigrant. I don't even know what else to say. I mean, is this a dab moment? I don't know. I mean, isn't this the craziest these deep? Ah! Can you believe these people? It's just totally crazy. Totally crazy. Last video, this is something that Charlie Kirk posted and I'm glad he did because when when we talk about the great re- when we talk about immigration, I think you can't talk about without talk without discussing the great replacement theory. And I say it often on this show that if these people who are coming across the border, millions of people now, just this year alone, if 100 percent of them were voting Republican, do you think that that border would have been as secured like yesterday? You're damn right it would be. It, this is all about demographic change. When they talk about f- taking people from New York City and sending them everywhere else, what do you think they mean by it? New York City is already Democrat? New York City is going to be, you know, unless people, wake, unless people wake up there, I mean, it's, it, unless things get so bad, That there's just radical change overnight and and people just totally fed up with Democrats. It's going to be Democrat for the foreseeable future. So they want what they want to do is send those migrants who would be indoctrinated to vote Democrats who are already likely to vote Democrat. They're predisposed to do it because they still believe that the Democrat Party and they're told when they in process here, that the Democrat Party is the working man and women's party. Now, never mind the fact that these people are traditionally conservatives. They're pro-life. They're in many cases they're Catholic. They're they they have family values. They 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 love the country. That's why they risked it all to come here. In many in many cases, but it's all about sending these people to swing areas or conservative areas to dilute the conservative vote. Okay, I mean last year during the 2020 election, the 2022 election, excuse me, they were flying migrants up on flights from the southern border up into Erie County, Pennsylvania. Do you know why they were flying them to Erie County, Pennsylvania? And Governor Wolf, then Governor Wolf of Pennsylvania, was, was helping to do that. Do you, and of course, all this happened under the cover of darkness. None of it was really reported on the news. But I just had a conversation about it with our congressman up here in western Pennsylvania, Congressman Mike Kelly, and not too long ago. It was happening. Do you know why? because Erie County is a swing county and one that Democrats need to pad their margins in. So the great replacement theory is valid. And in this clip, it's an old clip, but in this clip, it proves it. So roll this tape, check this out. Uh, Texas is a very, very Republican state, Mm -hmm. but some people say the demographics are changing and the demographics alone will make that, uh, it won't be so so Republican next time around. In a couple of presidential cycles, you'll be on election night, you'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas
4: for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue
0: state because of the demographics, because of the population growth of folks from outside of Texas. Oh, no, I think that's right. But it's not going to happen on its own. The demographics are changing, but it's going to take a lot of work uh, from Democrats to lay the infrastructure for change. So we're very busy working on that now. Well, there you have it. That's them admitting Uh, that that's exactly what they're going to do in terms of demographics, Texas is going to turn blue. So again, uh, I've just been told by the way, I've got to, I've got to stop and and break in here, uh, breaking news, uh, commander Melanie, Melanie just texted me and they're all watching the show and she says, my girls want me to stop dabbing. I thought the dabbing was like a thing. I thought that's what the kids do. they't what that's what they do in Fortnite they don't they don't dab that's not it's not a thing girls, I am sorry, but it's it is part of my duty and obligation as as a father to to be cool, right and dabbing is cool. That's what all the kids do. so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drive on, move on and drive on um so yes, the great replacement theory is not a conspiracy theory. You're not a racist if you believe that it's actually what the Democrats want. And there you saw the Castro brothers who are both from Texas talking about how demographic change in Texas, bringing people, bringing in people from outside of Texas will help change the demographics. Now, sh- sure. Maybe that's people coming from California, trying to get away from the commie California. But what they're talking about is people coming across the southern border because they want that demographic change. Um so let's go to the, like right to the end. It's Friday. Um, we always end the show on Friday, Friday, fun day, because I know that you all are having drinks. And and as you should, it's five o'clock. I want you all in the trenches to be having a drink because Democrats are just so stupid. Can't have your blood pressure going up during all this. Once you to be able to chill, my blood pressure will go up because I can't drink on the show. I won't make it through. And if I played the mouth breather drinking game, like all of you, Oh my gosh, the more drinks, there'll probably be a direct correlation between the amount of drinks that I have and how much I say mouth breather. So you see how this would be a problem for me. Talked about a self licking ice cream cone earlier. Say mouth breather, take a drink. Say mouth breather, take a drink. The more I continue to get drunk, the more I say mouth breather. So you see how this is a conundrum for me, but that doesn't mean that you can't play the game. And if you're if you are playing the mouth breather over under, I just said a bunch of times right there. So you should be having a nice toasty Friday night courtesy of Battleground Live. Um, We're going to end the show in a fun way with some comedy, as we always do. But before we do that, before we do that, please make sure to like this episode. Please, please, please. Rumble notices that they've already noticed that having conversations with them now. It's been amazing subscribe to the show it is and always will be free because this is a show for you um official check this out You see that shirt? That's Pups McGee. That's my dog. The helmet says politics is hell. But it also, if you have a dog, I'm a huge dog lover, um, says at the bottom Republican. Now, this is a limited edition shirt. But we've also got tons of other battleground apparel on officialshawnparnell.com. And oh, my gosh, we have two more T-shirt designs that are are coming out, I think, next week. And again, uh, we're getting emails from people who have been waiting on shirts because these shirts just sell out so fast. Um, we have a new shipment coming any day now. And the moment that we get this new shipment here in, a, in our possession, Melanie and I are gonna start getting those orders out to you that very same day. I know it's been a while, but they're selling so fast and it's hard to keep them in stock. And quite frankly, we haven't really felt we haven't really figured out a, a great battle rhythm for getting shirts in and getting them out. It's just all up to a learning process. So be patient. Your shirts are coming in soon. Um what else? What else? What else? What did Brock would be mad at me if I forget stuff? That's that's everything. So here's here's a here's the comedy. We always end with comedy on Friday, going to the weekend hot. Uh, check this out. It's the great uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey on the vaccine. I miss COVID. <laughs> I know, dude. You know what I knew? There was trouble <laughs>
1: when
4: anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, mm-hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone everyone coming in doesn't have to get one. I go. Well, once we found out, when Fauci said,
1: okay, I'm sorry, if you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know, it's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 <laughs> vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot." Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds.
0: <laughs> these guys are amazing. I tell you, these these SNL stars from the 80s and in the 90s, you know, they're probably not as conservative as all of us, but they're definitely patriots. They, we need more people making fun of mouth-breathing evil elves like Fauci, right? Only, if we only had these people at the height of all the COVID tyranny and the censorship, right? It would have made life a little bit easier. And by the way, Dana Carvey chops on a fantastic Fauci impression. Uh, just so great. I think it's better than mine um but want to thank Steve and Boxnoggin for both donating 10 bucks uh, you guys are amazing again uh you don't have to do that but i'm so so grateful because 100% of 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 the the donations that we get in the chat will go to the, the new studio and we're planning for that right now so many exciting things coming in the very very near future but you all have been a part of this show from the very beginning again thank you all for being in the trenches with me you are watching battleground live it will air every single night monday through friday at five o'clock also want to give a shout out to wendy bell and brock who are helping me build this show thank you to those who are listening to the wendy bell radio app god bless you all never quit never surrender and god bless this exceptional country that we call home take care